0: Pastor Xavier Reese and God's promise kept to the people of the promised land. Israel has the highest average
1: living standard in the Middle East. Israel leads the world in the number of scientists and technicians in the workforce. All the above while engaging in regular warfare with the implacable enemies that seek its destruction. The extermination attempt of the people of God has failed in Egypt. It's failed to the
0: present day. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Rees, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Seemingly never out of the enemy's crosshairs, it wasn't yet the day after Israel declared itself an independent nation, May 14, 1948, that no less than five neighboring countries invaded once again to overthrow the Jewish nation. But, of course, history marvels at how the outnumbered people are divinely preserved time after time. In fact, in today's Simple Truth study titled, God's Faithfulness to the Jews, Pastor Xavier examines several evidences of God's hand on his people in fulfilling the covenant to Abraham and his descendants. Let's listen now to the continuation of a study drawn from Exodus chapter 1.
1: What we have before us is the evidence, of the fulfillment of the prophecy to Abraham by God to multiply them and make them a nation. It's evident by three things. We have it here. Verse 1 through 7, you have the proliferation of the people of God. They just grew. They multiplied. Secondly, verse 8 through 14, the persecution of the people of God. And then 15 through 22, the extermination attempt of the people of God by the king of Egypt. The king of Egypt commanded midwives to kill the male children at birth. The king of Egypt attempted to have some Hebrew women to betray their own. These are normal tactics of warfare, divide and conquer. When defeat failed from without, then the most effective is from within. The king then spoke to the Hebrew midwives. These women were trusted by the Hebrew families. These midwives were involved in the most intimate process of life, delivering babies. Wonder of all, their names are recorded, of whom the name of one was Shifra and the name of the other Pua. Shifra means fair, Pua means splendid. Great names. Verse 16 the king of Egypt wanted them to kill the Hebrew babies. They were to do it on, at the very time of delivery. He said, When you do the duties of midwives for the Hebrew women, And see them on the birth stools. The term birth stools. The words mean two stones. So it was a place where they sat. Women would sit in an upright position and give birth. And we have found evidence of this. At the very time of birth, he wanted them killed. But they were only to kill the males. If it's a son, you shall kill him. If it's a daughter, you shall let him live. This is the most extreme steps to bring genocide to a group of people. Notice the midwives disobeyed the king of Egypt in verse 17 through 19. The midwives feared God. This is a great reason to disobey. This is the only reason to disobey. It's the only biblical reason. The result was that they did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. See, the right thing was done. They saved the male children alive. Notice that the response of the king of Egypt is also stated in verse 18. He petitioned the midwives to appear before him The king of Egypt called for the midwives. Their hearts must have been beating rapidly. This is the king. Their conscience was at least clear with God. But nevertheless, the situation was real. And if he didn't fear killing babies, certainly he wouldn't think twice of killing them. He says to them, why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? They must have been dying at this point. Again, they had no guarantee that God would intervene. But even as Job says, even though you slay me, yet I will trust in you. They feared God. You see, the answer of the midwives to the king was either true or or it was a lie. In verse nineteen, they said that the Hebrew women were not like the Egyptian women, which was probably true, but not the reason why they didn't kill the babies. It's a true observation, and they, they were saying, "As you know, you Egyptian women, you know, you guys are spoiled. You, you know, you guys are real frail, and the Jewish women, they're they're a rough stock." <laughs> In fact, they say the Hebrew women were already finished giving birth when they arrived. For they're lively. They give birth before the midwives come to them. Now, though both of these things may be true, it's not the reason why they did it, right? So, we have to believe it's a lie. (laughs) How can we defend this when people ask us? First of all, God hates lying. He does not honor it on any level when it comes to human relationships, when you're dealing with between two people in a moral and upright manner. But the thing that has to be noted technically here is the context. It's one of evil, attempting to do wicked by killing the innocent children. And they are being commanded to be part of the evil. And this is crucial for you to understand. Let's put it this way. If you're hiding your child or another person from someone who's evil who wants to kill them. And they come to you and say, do you know where such and such a person is? And you're hiding them. And you know those people are evil and they're going to kill them. Your child... Or someone else. Are you obligated by God to give them up? Of course not. They're evil. The same thing took place during Nazi Germany with the hiding of the Jews. Why? Because it would be unethical and moral for me to be part of that murder and to betray innocent blood. And so the higher precedence is the life of an individual over the evil of the individual. You understand? Now, your son is involved in a crime and the police come for him. You don't hide him because he's guilty. You understand? And they are there for civil order. You understand? There's a big difference. And that's how we explain it to people. (laughs) There's no contradiction. Notice the midwives were rewarded by God. (laughs) Why? Because they didn't do evil. They did good. Verse 20 and 21. In 20, God approved of the two midwives. Therefore, God dealt with them uh, well with them, the midwives. First, because they feared God more than the king of Egypt. And second, because the preservation of life takes a greater precedence than telling the truth to those taking life. It's real simple. God continued to keep his word to Abram and the people multiplied and grew very mighty, making them as the stars of the heavens, making them a nation. We will see that when they came out of the exodus, there were 600,000 males over the age of 20 years old. Exodus twelve thirty seven. Notice God blessed the midwives in verse 21. The reason is clear. And so it was because the midwives feared God. Don't forget that. That's the basis. The way God blessed them was that he provided households for them. God is faithful. Remember that. And your fear of him. Notice in verse 22, the king of Egypt decreed a genocide now. Last resort. The king of Egypt resorted to using and trusting his own people, so Pharaoh commanded all his people. He became more desperate. He became more wicked, brash in his evil deed. And the king commanded to drown all the male babies, saying, Every son who is born, you shall cast into the river, and every daughter, you shall save alive. The river's the Nile, one of the gods of Egypt, as we'll see. Without males, there would be no family line or pure race, which is a diabolical attack from Satan and a bit of hell, because it would cut off the Messiah line. You understand? Without males, the women would be absorbed into the Egyptian culture, losing their identity. But God's in control, isn't he? You remember Haman, the Agagite attempting to bring about the extermination and extinction of the Jews, and it failed. Ending up getting hung on his own gallows. <laughs> there have been so many people attempting to get rid of the Jew. They're gone. The Jews are still around. A brief synopsis of history against the Jew by Reverend William J. J. Glasshauer in his book, Why Israel? New Beginning. 1897, Russian programs sparked the Zionist movement which holds its first Congress in Basel, Switzerland. They realize they must have their own country to escape Gentile persecution, led by Theodore Herzl. The Congress draws many kinds of Jews and some Christian Zionists. In 1903, the infamous Protocols of the Elders of Zions is written by Russian anti-Semitics in Paris claiming to expose the conspiracy of the Jews to take over the world. 1917, after Britain Wrestles Palestine from the Turkish possession during the First World War. Jewish doctor Chaim Wiseman was instrumental in influencing Britain to commit itself to the formal establishment of a Jewish state, called the Balfour Declaration in 1928 to 39. Nazis through Germany Templars in Palestine together with wealthy Muslim rulers, stirred up political unrest among the immigrant Muslims in Palestine. Most Muslims come to Palestine originally looking for jobs since the Jews paid better and the employers of their own country. And again, the word Palestine is used by the world. We never use it because there's never been a Palestine nation, people, or land. It's a made-up term. In the book of Ezekiel, when we did our study, I showed you that. We'll get into it later on again. 1933, Adolf Hitler forces and connives his way into power in Germany, gaining dictatorial status, and had proclaimed a violent anti-Semitic message since 1920, but the world ignored it. In 1938, German troops entered Austria and began anti-Semitic programs including forced laborers on November the 9th, 1938, an organized assault on Jewish homes, businesses, synagogues. And 35,000 Jews are rounded up and placed in concentration camps. 1939 in Palestine, after decades of Arab-Jewish conflict, the British introduced the White Papers. Their goal was to placate the Arabs by restricting immigration of Jews, 75,000 in five years, then to establish a Palestinian state within 10 years. In 1939, Germans invade Poland on September 1st, 1939. Britain and France declare war on Germany. Two days later, Hitler exterminates three and a quarter million Jews in Poland, 1.2 million in Russia. About 350,000 murdered in Romania. 300,000 in Hungary. 270,000 in Czechoslovakia. 180,000 in Germany. 180,000 in Lithuania. 15,000 in Holland. If that would have been done, the Mexicans, Americans, or whoever you want, we would have been done. Interesting, isn't it? 1947. Half a decade after the Zionist Congress, on November 29, the United Nations partitioned Palestine, resolving the the Jews an independent state upon British withdrawal. They gave the Jews a small area on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, a narrow strip of land along the coast from Gaza um, to Haifa, and the Negev area, difficult to defend by the long-distance separation, but they prepared for the expected Arab protest. And all this was planned. They did it in such a way that Israel would be destroyed right away. It wasn't because they wanted a Jewish state. There is a world hatred against the Jew. You understand? It's biblical. The Bible says, I will make Jerusalem a trellis and stone in the last days. 1948. Only a few years after World War II ends and the full horror of the Holocaust is realized, the world approves the new state of Israel and the last British High Commissioner leaves the Jewish Prime Minister, David Gurion, and he declares Israel's independent state. The USA, the USSR, and many others recognize it officially. On the same day, the same day, Arab nations attacked, cracked British trained Arab troops pounced on Israel from Transjordan, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, and Egypt. The world expecting the Jews to be destroyed in a few days, being outnumbered and outarmed, instead they triumphed and gained territory. By the signing of the Treaty of 1949, Israel occupied and continues block of the land from Lebanon to the Negev except the West Bank region of the Gaza Strip. 1959, Egyptian President Nasser nationalizes the Suez Canal, blocks the Straits of Tehran. Israel takes the Gaza Strip in the Sinai Peninsula, which is returned eventually to Egypt. Russian takes a strong pro-Arab and anti-Israeli stance, if you remember. 1967, President of Egypt, Nasser, blocks entry to the Jewish port of Eilat and invites other Arab nations to help him wage war on Israel. The Arabs were heavily supported by Russia with about 547,000 armed troops, 504 tanks and 957 fighter aircrafts, while the Jews had only 264. Thousand troops, 800 tanks, and 300 combat aircraft, mostly from the US. On June 5, 1967, in the Six Day War, Israeli planes launched a preemptive strike on the air bases of Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and Iraq, eliminating much enemy air power. After taking the entire Sinai Peninsula and all the land to the Jordan River, Egypt and Jordan worked out a ceasefire on June 8th. Israel captured a buffer zone over the Golan Heights and regained control of the city of Jerusalem for the first time. In good faith and peaceful intentions, General Diane gave the Temple Mount to the king of Jordan in 1994. Jordan turned it over to the PLO the openly terrorist organization. In 1973, on the day of Atoma, Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, Egypt and Syria launched a surprise attack on Israel in which Israel once again triumphed. The latest attack by Hezbollah from Lebanon, firing hundreds of katusha rockets, missiles. Their sites were situated over schools and hospitals. So if the Jews retaliated and hit them, they would show how they blew up hospitals and schools. This goes on and on, ladies and gentlemen, something the American media does not give to you. Israel is ranked number two in the world for venture capital funds right behind the U.S. Outside the USA and Canada, Israel has the largest number of Mazdaq's list companies. Israel has the highest average living standard in the Middle East. On per capita basis, Israel has the largest number of biotech startups. 24% of Israel's workforce hold university degrees, ranking third in the industrialized world after the United States and Holland, and 12% hold advanced degrees. Israel is the only liberal democracy in the Middle East. Israel is the only country in the world that entered the 21st century with a net gain in its number of trees, made more remarkable because it was achieved in an area considered mainly desert. Israel has more museums per capita than any other country. Medicine, Israeli, scientists developed the first fully computerized, no radiation diagnostic instrumentation for breast cancer. An Israeli company developed a computerized system for ensuring proper administration of medication, this removing human error from the medical treatment. Israel's given imaging development, the first ingestible video camera, so small it fits into a pill. It's used to view the small intestine from the inside, um, cancer and digestive disorders. Researchers in Israel develop a new device that directly helps the heart pump blood, an innovation with the potential to save lives among those with heart failure. The new device is synchronized with the camera, and it helps the doctors diagnose heart mechanical operations through a sophisticated system of sensors. Israel leads the world in the number of scientists and technicians in the workforce, with 145 per 10,000, as opposed to 85 in the USA, over 70 in Japan, and less than 60 in Germany. With over 25% of its workforce employed in technical professions, Israel also places first in this category. An Israeli company was the first to develop and install a large-scale solar-powered and fully functional electricity-generating plant in Southern California's Mojave Desert. All the above that I've mentioned while engaging in regular warfare with the implacable enemies that seeks its destruction and an economy continuously under strain by having to spend more per capita on its own protection than any other country on earth. Do you think possibly God's behind the Jew? (laughs) The extermination attempt of the people of God has failed. It failed in Egypt. It's failed to the present day. And it will continue to fail until God comes and rescues them during the great tribulation. Amazing evidence of the fulfilled prophecy. What a way to start Exodus, huh? (laughs) Amazing. The promise to Abraham Evident by the proliferation of the people of God It has been accomplished The persecution of the people of God Has been unceasing The extermination attempt of the people of God Has failed
0: God's faithfulness to the Jew God's faithfulness indeed Pastor Xavier Reese is just at the beginning of a new series in the book of Exodus, and today's message has been drawn from chapter 1. But just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's study titled God's Faithfulness to the Jews are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now once again, the title to ask for is simply God's Faithfulness to the Jews, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing...